0: I was glad when they said unto me, we will go into the house of the Lord. O Lord, open thou our lips,
1: and our mouth shall show forth thy praise.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.
0: Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves gladdened him with songs. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. Psalm 92 on the bottom of page 455. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name,
1: O most highest. To tell of thy loving-kindness early in the morning, and of thy truth in the night season, upon an instrument of ten strings,
0: and upon the lute, upon a loud instrument, and upon the harp.
1: For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy works and I will rejoice in giving praise for the operations of thy hands.
0: O Lord, how glorious are thy works, thy thoughts are very deep.
1: An unwise man doth not well consider this, and a fool doth not understand it.
0: When the ungodly are green as the grass, when all the workers of wickedness do flourish, then shall they be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art the Most Highest forevermore.
1: For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, lo, thine enemies shall perish, and all the workers of wickedness shall be destroyed.
0: But my horn shall be exalted like the horn of an unicorn, for I am anointed
1: with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see his lust of mine enemies, and mine ear shall hear his desire of the wicked that arise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and shall spread abroad
0: like a cedar in Lebanon
1: such as are planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of the house of our God. They also shall
0: bring forth fruit more in their age, and shall be fat and well-liking.
1: That they may show how true the Lord my strength is, and that there is no unrighteousness in him.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the
1: Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
2: Here beginneth the third chapter of the book of Judges. Now these are the nation which the Lord left, that he might test Israel by them, that is, all who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formerly known it. Namely, five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidini, Sidians, and the Hivites, who dwelt in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal-Hermon to the entrance of Hamath. And they were left, that he might test Israel by them, to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. Thus the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives and gave their daughters to their sons, and they served their gods. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hand of Cushan-Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served cushan Rishathiam eight years. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them, Othniel the son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord delivered Cushan-Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and his hand prevailed over Cushan-Rishathaim. So the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon and Amalek, went and defeated Israel, and took possession of the city of Palms. So the children of Israel served Eglon, king of Moab, eighteen years. But when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them ehud the son of jerah the benjamite a left-handed man by him the children of israel sent tribute to eglon king of moab now ehud made himself a dagger it was double-edged and a cubit in length and fastened it under his clothes on his right thigh so he brought the tribute to eglon king of moab now eglon was a very fat man and when he had fashioned a presented the tribute he sent away the people who had carried the tribute but he himself turned back from the stone images that were at gilgal and said i have a secret message for you o king he said keep silence and all who attended him went out from him so ehud came to him Now he was sitting upstairs in his cool private chamber. Then Ehu said, I have a message from God for you. So he arose from his seat. Then Ehu reached with his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. Even the hilt went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not draw the dagger out of his belly and his entrails came out. Then Ehud went out through the porch and shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. When he had gone out, Eglon's servants came to look, and to their surprise the doors of the upper room were locked. So they said he is probably attending to his needs in the cool chamber. So they waited till they were embarrassed, and still he had not opened the doors of the upper room. Therefore they took the key and opened them, and there was their master fallen dead on the floor. But Ehud had escaped while they delayed, and passed beyond the stone images, and escaped to Syria. Then it happened, when he arrived, that he blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim, and the children of Israel went down with him from the mountains, and he led them. Then he said to them, Follow me, for the Lord has delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. So they went down after him, seized the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab, and did not allow anyone to cross over. And at that time they killed about ten thousand men of Moab, all stout men of valor, not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land had rest for 80 years. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Here endeth the first lesson.
0: Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven praise and exalted above all forever glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy ghost as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen
3: here begins the 11th verse of the seventh chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. Here ends the second lesson.
0: Benedictus, page 14. to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us.
1: And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not the Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee mercifully to
0: hear us and grant that we, to whom thou hast given a hearty desire to pray, may by thy mighty aid be defended and comforted O Lord our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, with safety brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord.
4: Amen. Good morning to all. We are progressing in our narrative from Judges, which is going to have a very consistent theme where Israel, God's left these nations in the land Well, Israel didn't drive them out, so he left them there to test them. And Israel will, as their you know, life goes along, they'll fall into compromise, intermarriage, adopting the practices of the Canaanites and they 'll become subject become become ruled over by one of the local kings until God raises up a judge to to deliver Israel to rise up to lead them in battle, and to renew a sense of faith and faithfulness until it kind of decays again and as an analogy to the spiritual life you know we this really we realize if when we live the Christian life for a while that it is a life of undulation. That is, you have times when you're feeling really good and you know life is going well. You feel strong in faith, and and then there are times when you know faith wanes for various reasons, and maybe we feel a little too drawn to certain things. For us, the analogy of the Canaanites, it's the various things around us. You know, the world, the flesh, the devil, the things in our lives, and it does remind us that. Associations are significant, so if we 're going to invest our time in some activity or some association, we want to assess it in terms of what impact does this have on our life of faith, things that we participate in that kind of tempt us to to pull away and to draw into something that really isn 't very faithful. We have to look at those things in our life and and, and adjust ourselves accordingly. And we're entering into the Trinity season now. Uh, we've entered into it, and it's a long, green season. Um, and Wednesday is our day of prayer and fasting for mission. We we started our our, our day of prayer and fasting for mission. It's been about a decade now, honestly. Um, and the motivation for it was Bishop Wilson Grang uh, from South Sudan visited us. Preached at our churches, and he said he he he's been an evangelist in South Sudan, started a bunch of churches, and he said if you if you want your churches to grow, you have to fast and you have to pray. And in South Sudan, when they fast, they get together for three days and they don't really eat anything, and they'll yeah and they'll pray and praise God for three days, and their normal diet sometimes is just sorghum, so it, it's. Uh, you know so we, we we didn't feel like we could do exactly what they do in South Sudan, but we did decide that we'd have a day a week when we used to, uh, we would set aside to to fast and pray for mission and kind of institutionalize the practice of turning from self and turning towards God and, and praying for for mission of the church. We have our litany for mission that's on our website uh and that that we so the basic way we do this is we ask people to fast in some way during the day to turn, to say no to something to food and appetites to entertainments uh and then to turn towards uh God in prayer by offering the litany we we pray it online with our evening office on Wednesdays and but people can pray it by themselves somewhere and What I've discovered over the years is that this practice of having a day week to fast and pray is really helpful for the spiritual life, especially in this long green season where there's no particular contour to the season, that sometimes it's not so much that our unfaithfulness is that we fall into something overtly sinful, but life just gets kind of the spiritual life gets kind of dull. And having a day, a week you know, we can do it more often than that, but the spiritual discipline of saying no to things, saying today, no, I'm going to withdraw from some of the normal things I do. I'm not going to eat as much. I'm not going to. And I'm going to focus my attention to no to things and yes to God has a renewing aspect of it. And it it's a way of of helping us endure through the undulations of of the long seasons where there's no particular spiritual impulse to do anything spectacular. And so I commend this to you. And I think it's it's not so much like fasting and praying that we're having one big moment of intercession for mission, but we're institutionalizing regularly the practice as a discipline of the spiritual life. We routinely say no to ourselves and turn to God in prayer. And that kind of works this sort of um, Bring us back to life this I think fasting is probably the most neglected spiritual discipline in the contemporary or the modern Western church and the more we've become full of things the more averse we become to saying no to them it's, it's funny that in South Sudan they 'll fast for three days when they never really have anything, but we who have everything have trouble i can't you know can't skip a meal what, what would that be and so when you do the fasting just you know start small but practice saying no, and as you practice saying no, you learn the power that things have over us, and then the exercise is to practice it. It's like working out. You practice saying no, and you develop the ability to say no, and that increases our spiritual strength, and you know, to, to use the analogy of the New Testament lesson, helps, helps we who are dead or, or flagging in our zeal be brought to life because it opens us up to the Spirit of God who helps us rise in a new way. A few thoughts about today's lessons in today.
0: We can to continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly be Thee for all sorts and conditions of men. That, <clears throat> that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal We bless thee for our creation.